We're talking about trust this morning, if you have not gathered. Talking about being able to trust God during what is often some very difficult circumstances. And so I began to look through our song collection and, and trying to focus on something that would, would hopefully be able to draw our minds closer to, to the attitude that we need to have each and every day. And there's a classic old hymn that perhaps you have been singing for many, many years. Maybe it'll be new to some of you, but it's called Hold to God's Unchanging Hand. Time is filled with swift transition. Naught of earth unmoved can stand. How about we sing it together? Time is filled with swift transition. know what that means in real life? Just show of hands. Maybe you know what it really means to have to hold to God's unchanging hand. Trust in Him who will not leave you. to us as we hold to you. We trust in you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Hey, if you didn't know, it's almost Christmas. You have eight more sleeps remaining. Eight sleeps until Christmas. And maybe this is the year that you have everything together. Maybe it's the year that you finally have gotten all of your gifts ahead of time. You have everything wrapped and it's under the tree. You have just nailed the party scene already this year. You have gone caroling. You have lights up that are the envy of the entire neighborhood. In fact, you understand this year why some people say it's the most wonderful time of the year. 
I mean, this is your scene. This is when you are at your best. At least until these guys arrive. Yeah. All of a sudden, Cousin Eddie shows up and just everything changes, right? Some of you live the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation movie. That is just your life. Where you're trying to create the perfect Christmas. You're trying to make sure that everything comes off just right. And you have the tree and you have the trimmings and you have the lights. And you have all of your family there together with you. And then all of a sudden the doorbell rings. You get that emergency email. Your cell phone begins to buzz. And everything changes. If only it was just Cousin Eddie that was coming to visit. But you know what it means to have your life be interrupted. You know what it means to have your plans not be fulfilled. You thought by now you'd be married. You thought by now you would have children. You thought by now you would have completed that degree. You thought by now that you would have reconciled with your family. You thought by now you would have put away those thoughts, that behavior. You thought by now that everything was going to be different, that everything was going to be just as you had planned for it to be, just as you wanted it to be. You had written out your life day by day, week by week, month by month, and everything was going fine until they showed up or the doctor called. Do you know what it means to have your life interrupted? Do you know what it means to have your Christmas interrupted? Joseph did. He found out firsthand what happens when everything goes off script. When God allows interruption to come into your life. Matthew chapter 1 beginning in verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Now that's an exciting time. That's a time that you have all this preparation going on. All of these things that take place. Now for Joseph, guys you need to understand, he had it a little, little more difficult than you do. I mean, right now, if you get engaged, all you have to worry about is showing up for the ceremony, right? I mean, that's the main part. As long as you were there on the day, then a lot of other things can be dismissed. Not old Joe. He goes and agrees in an engagement with Mary, and now he has to go build her a house. Yeah. He has to go build on to his family's home. And he does not know when the wedding is going to be. Only his father who tells him, now the preparation has been made and you can go and get your bride. And so each day he gets up. He has his carpentry responsibilities. He's got a family, a future family to provide for. He has those jobs to do plus the responsibility of now adding to his father's home in order to make preparation for the life that he and Mary is going to have. He's up before the sun rises. And as soon as he puts his head on his pillow at night, he is fast asleep. But he goes to bed at night thinking about 
his betrothed. He's thinking about the marriage that is going to be coming. The day when the shofar will sound and he along with some of his closest friends will make the journey to Mary's home. She will hear all of the commotion in the distance and know today is the day that the bridegroom comes. It should have been exciting. It should have been the most wonderful time. And I'm sure it was. Until someone perhaps, maybe his father-in-law, comes to him and says, I can't believe what you have done. I can't believe the way that you have disgraced your family and my family's name. I can't believe that you have treated my daughter in such a way. Joseph would be stunned, not understanding what is being said. He doesn't understand the whispers that are going on now around town. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the thing that will impact your life the most is the very thing that you never see coming. It's the thing you can't plan for. It's the thing that you never dreamed would happen to you. It might go on in some other families. It might happen at some other workplaces, but it's not going to happen to you. At least that's what you think. That's what Joseph thought. He had done everything that the law had required. He had acted in a way that was honorable toward his bride-to-be. And yet there was no denying that Mary was with child. And now everybody thinks that is because of a discretion that he has committed. This can't be happening. You see, Joseph, Scripture says, was a righteous man. A couple of weeks ago, we saw the same wording that was used for Zechariah and Elizabeth. Do you remember? And how that they had been righteous before God. And we say, what did that get them? But barren in their old age, no, no heir. And here was Joseph. We read, he's a righteous man. He's doing things the right way. He's putting God first. He's living by the law. Why is this having to happen? Doesn't righteousness guarantee some type of smooth sailing? So Joseph in his righteousness, in his distress, because he loves Mary, he knows that he can have her publicly humiliated and stoned. But he decides to put her away quietly. The text says break the engagement. In that particular time, it was more like the idea of truly being divorced. That's how special that engagement period was considered to be. But as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Now, you've seen this phrase by the angels before, right? The last two weeks, every time the angel of the Lord shows up, the first thing it says is what? Don't be afraid. And we've talked about how that when angels in the Bible show up, I mean, it is just time to fall on the ground because it is such a frightening experience. And yet here, the angel of the Lord shows up says the same thing, but means it in a totally different way. 
Before he showed up and said, Zachariah, don't be afraid because I'm about to give you some good news. Before he showed up and said, Mary, don't be afraid because you have been blessed by God. Here he shows up. And he says, Joseph, you don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Could it be that the idea of marrying Mary was more terrifying than being in the presence of an angel from God. Do you understand the significance of what was happening in this relationship with this man and woman and the stigma that was created within this town? Do you understand the setting in which Jesus was to be born? The answer is no, we don't. Because we whitewash it and we sugarcoat it and we think it's this beautiful story. We don't realize it was a life that was interrupted. And it was a choice that had to be made. Am I going to trust God even though it makes no sense? And the angel says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Don't be afraid to endure the scorn. Don't be afraid to be shunned by family and friends. Don't be afraid to let others think that you're in the wrong. Don't be afraid. Whatever it is that's boiling up inside of you, all the reasons that you think you have for not following through with your engagement and with your marriage, don't be afraid. And I love that the text says simply that when Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. You see, Christmas is a reminder to trust God even when our story doesn't make sense. You see, so much of our story is going to come down to one very simple question. Do I believe God? Do I really believe God? I mean, I know I sing the songs, I know I read the scriptures, I pray the prayers, but in my heart of hearts, when the rubber meets the road, when it affects my family, when it affects my income, when it affects my standing in the community, do I believe God? Your answer to that question has the potential to radically change the outcome of your story. So you don't get the job that you applied for. You don't get into the school that you wanted to attend. Do you believe that God is still working for good and all those things? Maybe you struggle with generosity and giving isn't easy. And today we had this opportunity to give so that others might be able to go and share the story of Jesus. To join with others who have already left our midst and are living in the Dominican Republic and are in Peru, that are in Jamaica, that are in Cuba, in Mexico. And you were wondering, is it really more blessed to give than to receive? Can I really trust God if I give up this money? Can I trust that I'm going to be okay? Do I believe that God knows what's best for my marriage? Do I believe he knows what's best for me? Do I believe that he loves me? Do I believe God when he says, your sins have been forgiven? Do I believe God when he says that he will be with me? 
even to the very end of this age. You see, faith is not believing that God will do whatever I want Him to do. Faith is not hoping that God will answer my prayer if I just keep praying it long enough that God will see things my way and everything then will be fine. It's not biblical faith. Biblical faith is believing that God will do what He said He would do. And that God can do whatever He wants. See, that's why Matthew reminds his readers that all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message to the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they're going to call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Matthew, as he tells the story, is wanting to remind all of his readers, God can be trusted. What God says will happen, will happen. And so Joseph did what he was asked to do. He fulfilled his responsibility to Mary. He continues to prepare the home for his bride. He endures the ridicule. He, he accepts the scorn. And, and then one day word comes that a census should be taken throughout the whole Roman Empire. And all return to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. And he took Mary with him, the one to whom he was engaged that was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. You know, I can picture Joseph. I can picture Joseph there in the moonlight with the, the lights of Bethlehem off in the distance. He's made things ready in the dwelling that he was able to secure. It's just a place for sheep, a place for cattle. It smells like the animals that inhabit it on a regular basis. It's the best that he could do. It's the only thing that he could find. And so he lays Mary down. He gives her the, the blanket off of his donkey for a pillow for her head. And then I picture him stepping out into the night and just having words with God. You see, there, there are some places in Scripture that I wish it wasn't so silent. Where I wish we had more to the story and understood more of what was taking place. Knowing more than just, well, he did what he was told to do. And, and then when he, when he got to Bethlehem, the time came for the baby to be born. Maybe he stepped outside and, and he prayed. And maybe he said something like this. It's really wasn't the way I planned on it, God. This wasn't what I had hoped when I asked Mary to be my bride. I mean, we had all these plans and all these things that we were going to do together. All, all the things that we were going to accomplish. And now look at us. Now look us out here in this God-forsaken place, it seems. I mean, she's inside here with She's inside here with the droppings of animals. And she's inside here where, where cattle go to eat and to sleep. And that's where she's going to bring forth a son. 
I had it pictured differently. I had it pictured that there would be family, that there would be grandparents, that, that there would be friends. And that I would be waiting outside the home and, and my closest would be around me. And all of a sudden we would hear the cries from the inside of the house. And they would be slapping me on the back and, and giving me all the congratulations. The midwife would bring to me the child. I would hold him in my arms. There would be celebration. There would be jubilation. All through Nazareth. And now Nazareth is a week's journey away. And I'm here. And Mary's there. I mean, when I was told I would have a son, I believed the angel and this idea of the Messiah, it took a long time to begin to grasp. But I thought, maybe Jerusalem. Maybe Jerusalem and the temple and and there would be priests and, and maybe a celebration because the Messiah was coming. If not Jerusalem, at least, at least still there in Nazareth where, I mean, I had a job and I had a home. And now I'm out here. Nothing but the stars to listen to the cries of my wife. What kind of husband am I? I can't provide for. I'm a carpenter. And I don't handle change well. You see, I like to be able to, to measure twice and then cut once. I like to know that there is a plan to the things that I am making. I, I, like, to, I like to understand the design and I like to know what things are going to look like before I even start to work. And this is just taking me all out of my comfort zone. All because I'm going to have a son. I know it's, it's not my son. It's yours. I keep forgetting that, that in this case, I'm not the builder, but you are. That I'm just a tool. I'm a hammer in your hand. I'm a nail between your fingers. I'm a chisel. Trust doesn't come easy to me, Lord. But I want to believe. I don't know if Joseph had a prayer like that. But I know you've had prayers like that. I do. I know you've had prayers where you've stood where Joseph has stood. Caught between what God says and what actually makes sense to you. You've done what he told you only to wonder if it was actually him speaking at all. And you've gone and you've asked and you've said, Lord, I turned left. Should I have really turned right? Lord, should I have accepted that job? God, should I have begun to look for another job? Father, should, should I have done something different with my children? 
If I'd only, if, if, if I'd only gone home a little more, if I'd only made it more of a priority with my spouse. There's all these questions that we have. They don't come outside of stables. They don't come in grassy areas with only the stars around perhaps. They come on the sides of the road where we just have to pull over and have a little talk with Jesus. They come in the emergency room waiting rooms. They come on the grassy paths of cemeteries where you and I have conversations with God. And if right now you're asking what Joseph asked, then let me urge you to do what Joseph did. Obey. That's as simple as I can put it. You see, that's what he did. He obeyed. When the angel called, he obeyed. When Mary explained, he obeyed. He obeyed when God sent him. He was obedient to God. He was obedient when the sky was bright. He was obedient when the sky was dark. He didn't know everything, but he did what he knew. And here's an important point. Christmas is a reminder not to let our confusion disrupt our obedience. When everything seems to be going great and all of a sudden Cousin Eddie shows up. When everything is going just like we planned. And then all of a sudden God allows have the obedience that God desires. We can't see the whole picture. But just like Joseph, our task is to see that Jesus is brought into our part of the world. You see, that's why people like Jordan and Jeff do what they do. Oh yeah, it'd be easier to share the message of Jesus in Chattanooga. And there's a lot of things that they would enjoy if they were still living here. A lot of restaurants they would love to, to eat at. A lot of places that they would love to travel to. Family events that they would like to be a part of. But an interruption came into their life. And it was a, an interruption that would not let them go. For they said, we have to go. And we have to be with people who need to hear the story of Jesus. And who knows how long you guys will stay there? Who knows when you'll return? But I've known them long enough to know this. They'll be obedient when the call comes. And it's the same with the others who are represented in our Family Life Center right now. It's the reason that Brother Dave and Miss Susan go to Guatemala. It's the reason that we send our teens to Jamaica. It's the reason that others of you have been a part of Predizon in Honduras. It's the reason why you've made trips to Mexico. It's the reason why you've gone to Cuba. It was confusing and you didn't know how it was all going to work out, but you just felt like, you know what, I need to go and I need to be there and I need to share. And maybe, maybe what you'll do today is you'll go by some of those tables and you'll say, you know what, this is the most confused I've ever been in my life, but here's something I know for sure, I want to come and visit with you in 2018. 
I want to come and be a part of what you're doing. You see, God still looks for Joseph's. Men and women who believe that God is not through with this world. Common people who serve an, an uncommon God. And the question is simple, will we believe God? And will we be that kind of person? And, and will we serve even when we don't understand? See, perhaps God didn't answer every question that Joseph had that night, but I think he answered the most important one. The question that says, God, are you still with me? God, do you see what's going on right now, right here in my life? Do you see what's taking place in this little stable, this cave area right here? And through the first cries of the God child, the answer came. Yes, Joseph, I am with you. You see, Christmas is a reminder that God is with us in the midst of life's interruptions. There are many questions about our lives that we will not be able to answer until the day that we get home. So many interruptions to our plans and all the things that we had wanted. And many times we wonder. But our wonderings, we can never come to the point where we wonder if God cares. Because through the small face of the stable-born baby, he says yes. Yes, your sins are forgiven. Yes, your name is written in heaven. And yes, Emmanuel, God is with us. So it's almost Christmas. What's God asking you to do? Where is he asking you to go? Who is he asking you to come alongside of and, and care for? Maybe for all of us, we need to be like Joseph and simply trust and obey. Maybe it means you need to come this morning. Maybe it means you need to go home and you need to make some changes. Maybe it means you need to be baptized into Christ. Maybe it means you need to go into the mission field. Maybe it means that you need to go to work and actually live out the Christianity that you talk about today. What is it that God has called you to do that he says, don't be afraid, trust and obey, for he is able. If you need to come, please do so as we stand and sing.